This is Four Network. Credo is the daft of the Football Daft podcast. Is that a good story? Is that a good story? I've got an encyclopedia brain. He's got a damn man nothing. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Why are you a fucking hooer? <laughs> this is Football Daft. You're a Rangers man. Aye. I'm a Hearts man. <laughs> With Ewan Cameron. I work for Showtime in ESPN. <laughs> and. Be the top end of Stevenson. Grado! Welcome to the Football Daft podcast with, well, not Ewan and Grado, it's me, Paul Harper, with Grado this week. Ewan is off. He's off 21 episodes, and this is me getting peace. So, hi, uh, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. What an upbeat start this is. I can't wait to go. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> you know, people actually might be saying that. I'm Paul Harper, I'm a radio presenter, and I also was the first person to ever talk about Grado on the radio. So you well, that's right. You came to one of my shows, and then you spoke about me the next day on the radio. I missed it, but I got a couple of tweets, but thanks very much, mate. You were good. It was that long ago. It was Bebo messages. And by the way, the deal was, <laughs> Grado said, I'm going to send you one of my hats, Paul for being the first guy, and that was about 10 years ago, and it's still not alright. No, but I'll sort you. If you, if you do well good today, stuff. mate, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll even sign it for you, I know, mate. Alright, I'll send you one. I can't wait. But this is good, mate. It's good to see you here. We've uh, got a good guest. You, you arranged it, didn't you? I did. Well, I phoned him up. Andy McLaren. Because I saw him at uh, Kenny Dalgleish uh, lunch last week in Glasgow. And I said, look, I'm going to be doing this podcast. Do you want to come on? He said, yes, I'd love to. Is Grady on it or no? No, listen, this is what <laughs> happened, right? See you all week. I've been told it's Alan McLaren coming on, right? So then I found out this morning that it's Andy McLaren. I went, I've got his book. I've got his book. So this was at 11 o'clock this morning. Right. I stopped everything I was doing. Mate, do you know I've read his full book <laughs> in the last two hours? 200 pages, mate. I've done it. I've rattled through his books. Do you know, I've, I've, I've only read a couple of autobiographies. The first being, well, I don't know if I said this, but the first autobiography I ever read was... Paul Gads when I was like in Gary Glitter. Well, yeah, he's not uh, on the podcast. No, nah, he's not on it. But he read that I was uh, when I was young before it came out that he was a yeah, terrible yeah, person. Yeah. I read his autobiography at primary school. But the, the Andy McLaren. Well, uh, him and Andy McLaren is that the two? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, he can't wait to hear this. <laughs> By the way, what a book! You need to get it. I think it's only about six ninety nine off Amazon. Oh. What I read, as I said, I've, I basically was supposed to drive up. <laughs> I got the train. I read the full bifter. I've read the full bifter. So I can everything about Andy McLaren. Can't wait to get him in the, in, in the studio. And uh, I just want to say I don't condone it. And Gary Glitter no, no, deserves obviously. It. And here's the good thing. I'm going to get that hat off you. And I'll take the book as well because you finished it. <laughs> the Andy Ideal. McLaren. Ideal, yeah. I, Andy, I've got it here. Andy's I've got one. it here. Here it is. There you go. Tormented. So, aye. Uh, tell me about yourself, Paul. Well. <laughs> so I'm... 30, would you yeah? Would you have your breakfast this morning? Thirty six. I had fruit bread. You fruit, bread? fruit bread. No, but came. I'm into the new. This is what I'm into the new. I am into bagels, cinnamon and raisin bagels, and I put peanut butter well, on. That's it. basically fruit bread. Aye, shape. aye, aye. Isn't it? But no, there's something about bagels that I quite like. Um, Somebody said to me this week that Mexican food. We we're in a Mexican restaurant. Every Mexican food is the same food in a different shape. Hmm. I've never noticed that before. Well, now you will. Every Mexican food's the same aye. in a different shape. How many episodes have you see got to be doing? One. <laughs> this is it, the only one. <laughs> now it's time for a strip for Grado. You send in your strip, 
puts it up on the wall, which is good on a podcast. You need to watch the video to see that. <laughs> We've got good ones around the wall here. Lanark United up there in blue. There's a Falkirk one, a Glasgow Girls one. A couple behind you, Clyde FC. Signed. The Clyde one's signed. So I could be worth a couple of bob in a couple of years' time. You could never be. know. <laughs> Let's not bet everything we've got on that. That's a match-worn one. Look, that's, it's got the SPF uh, badges on the... I know. Oh, that's good, actually. Somebody's got fucking a tin of beans in the front of it. <laughs> It's I dirty. Is, so but here's today's strip. Who is it? Today's strip comes from Neil from the Man vs. Fat Football. It takes place at Glasgow Green every Sunday between 12 and 2 bells. It's for men that love football and want to lose weight. Hold on a minute, that sounds gallus. Each week the boys play a 30-minute match and they are weigh in before the game. So you get bonus goals for the weigh-in, <laughs> which are added to the score in the football pitch. So is that basically if you drop a couple of pun, mere points get added, mere goals get added? That's notch. That's brilliant. So I take it they're advertising you. So if if, if you're a bit of a fat cunt, you want to go and play football and, <laughs> and you want to drop weight, this is perfect. It's this is perfect for me. 12 till 2, the match is 30 minutes and there's 90 minutes of uh, pies at halftime. <laughs> Get involved. <laughs> and it's manvfatfootball.org forward slash Glasgow. Where is the tackle seat here? Uh, I don't suppose this will be it's a medium. It's 3XL. <laughs> uh, it's from Giacomo. There we go. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually, oh, it is actually That's quite big. Uh, I could take that to Ireland, fucking 10. <laughs> No offence to whose name is on the back? Uh, Robertson, so number ninety. I don't know if that's in kilos. If you <laughs> that's a big top, by the way. Uh, but fair play, that sounds brown. No, no, that, that's a really cool concept. I actually might swagger into that one of these Sunday mornings. That's okay. never going to happen. Twelve but, till uh, two, Glasgow Green. Thanks for sending in the top. Thank you very much. Grado's rant. He's getting angry. There's steam coming out of his ears. Grado's chest is puffed up. His cheeks are red. Either that, or he's. Are you going for a picture? No, I'm fine. It's time for the rant of the week. What's annoying you? Right. See, when I was out walking my dog last week, right, I got down to the beach and I let it off its leash. And see the amount of dog owners that shank themselves because your dog's off its leash as if it's going to come and bite it or attack it. What kind of dog is it? A Lazarapso. Big Alsatian, a wee Lazarapso. That's my bodyguard. I'm scared of that. <laughs> exactly, but that's my problem. Why are these people fear? What do you think my dog's going to do? So I'm not supposed to let my dog run about, let it do its shite, let it get its, you know, get its exercise in because folk want to keep it in a lead. I want to get my dog off its lead, vape, sit on Facebook, talk to my pals, Snapchat, take photos of the dog. And it I comes don't back. Why I, I, that's why I just do. I stun and let him do. But the amount of folk that growl at me, get it, growl. They growl at me because my dog's off its lead. Get I have a puggle dog, which is a, a wee thing like a Lazalapso, and we used to walk on Glasgow Green where we lived, and there was a woman that used to push her dog, like <laughs> a wee one like yours, in a pram. And she would let out the pram when there was no dogs, and when there was dogs near, she would, it was like an old-fashioned pram, not a buggy, a pram. She would pick it up the dog and put it in the pram so no other dog could see it, so no, it's scared of other dogs. No wonder it's never been near another dog. Aye, that's funny. Do you know what? There's a, there's a woman in my, my, my town that's got, what do you call the big, fat, white, white fluffy dogs? Samosies or something. What do you call them? No, the Japanese, the Kita. No, 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 no. It's a big, white, furry bot, big, fat things. It's a, I can't even, you need to Google it for me, right? But anyway, Hard right, there's this woman, like, uh -huh. there's this woman, and she, what she does, she walks, she doesn't walk it, she puts it in a pram, right? And uh, she asked me for a selfie, wait, right? And I go to it, and she goes, I'll put it on Instagram. I tag me. She's got 11,000 followers. 
Because she walks about Stevenson with her, with her dog. It's brilliant. Is it not? Is it a Samoy? A Samoy? That's a Samoy. So I think it's called Lucy the Samoy. So shout out to Lucy the Samoy. Uh, Stevenson's most famous dog. Yes, 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 yes. And she doesn't mind when my wee Cooper gets let about. So uh, okay. aye, there's my rant. And do you know what? I'm fucking pissed off coming up with these rants every week. This is what I've resulted to talking about my dog <laughs> not having a leash. <laughs> Well, let's rant about the rant. Get rid of it for next week. Get us ranty, fuck. It was a Scotland week this week. We got pumped off of Russia and beat San Marino by a considerable cricket score. And quite right, too. If we hadn't, there'd have been rioting in the streets. Mm. I, I just think it's sad that um, no, one, no one cares about Scotland. It's sad sight seeing that stadium half full. Tam Cowan was on here a couple of weeks ago saying they should be honing it. Tickets to Wayne's. That would have been a perfect game for Wayne's to go a to. Punishment. <laughs> well, you right. have not cleaned your room. Go to the <laughs> Scotland game. Hey, but it would have been good for, for for Wayne's to see all the goals getting scored. Laurie Shanklin getting a call up. I thought that was very cool. Uh, and to see him get a goal was was exciting as well. Hopefully, he'll get another call up. Fleck, he he, he his first call up as well. So I'm a wee bit. That, the only things I've got excited about is Shankland and Fleck, but. And this guy, look, do you remember like when we're sad. when like the faddy times when the pubs were packed and everyone cared yep. in that night against France or the Italy games or the Holland games? It's a shame because nobody, like, I don't know what they need to do to oh, win some games, obviously, would be uh, good, but it's just, it seems like the country's disengaged with Scotland. No, and I'm surprised that you're saying that because I feel as if Aberdeen fans are really. Scottishy, and I'm not so just saying that. You sheep shaggers. No, say fuck it, you. Not, not at all, not at all. As I'm always saying, no. Aberdeen is one of my favourite pl places to wrestle. But I'm surprised that you're saying that, that you know, you know, is invested in uh, international football. I thought no. it was maybe only us old no. farmers. But I, I, by the way, I think part of it was, and yeah, you're right, other people are getting a turn. Part for so long, it was just old firm players. You know. All right. Well, again, do you know what? Actually, it was good seeing the post-match interview, the centre half that plays with Kelly, and to hear him talk about how proud he was to to get the cap, yeah. and he got a goal as well. So, actually, there was quite a lot of positives to take for that game, apart from the fucking uh, the weather. I mean, the weather was atrocious. <laughs> the weather was terrible. <laughs> the weather. I mean, come on, not a, not a day for football. So, if we obviously we got the playoff, no matter what. Depending on how that works out, it's going to be we're going to be in England's group. Is that that I read that on Twitter this week? It's already been decided. Listen, fuck knows that whole. And they were going to be playing them in, in Wembley. See, I don't know this, and I don't get it. I don't I get don't know the setup already. I don't know. <laughs> well, this is a really informative podcast. <laughs> Let's go to the internet, where, oh, where we uh, where we will get more informed reaction. Have we learned anything from the last two games? Is the question. Well, Josh, we have learned that the entire Scottish sport media is absolutely desperate for Scotland to fail. Negative, negative, ne negative. Absolutely no encouragement or backing given to the team or the manager six games into his tenure. I actually tend to agree with that a wee bit because all they did report on was how that Hamden was going to be half empty and it was going to be the quietest game since such and such an era and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, man, it's just... It's, We've built it's ourselves country. Was it not like, oh, well, we won by, we won 6-0? Oh, good. So we should. And that's it. We're still kind of raging that we won. <laughs> well, it should have been seven, you know. Um, we don't want six. <laughs> we want seven. Kyle Murray, we've not learned much, he says. All the results were expected. We should finish third behind Belgium and Russia like everyone expected when the draw was made. They showed something having them by bouncing back and getting six. Don't think we would have done that under Alec McLeish. No, neither do I. 
Big Mo, we have learned two things. Steve Clark shouldn't be anywhere near the Scotland job. Two, international football should be scrapped. We're oh, that's the whole thing. Man, isn't it? We're shite, <laughs> so we're going to get rid of the whole experience. And GWAS85. Nice guy. Catchy. There must be 84 other GWASs for him to have that. <laughs> Our expectations are far too high. We've not got the right to be at tournaments. Blah, 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 blah. I'm We're depressed. not good enough. I'm it's depressed. depressed We've got Terry Monaghan at shite being Scottish. God, we just... Uh, Over it. Roll on this week till we get back to the football. The real football. What's and it is with, sad uh, saying that. Ross Wilson. Well, Ross who's, Wilson. Who's, what's, what's the lowdown on him, the well, new I Rangers think, sporting director? I think Rangers wanted him before they got Mark Allen. That was a talk. I think he turned down Rangers a couple of years ago. But uh, producer John says he's a mad Falkirk fan. Because I'm like, ah, where is he? Is he Rangers? Is he Celtic? Is he Rangers? Is he Celtic? No, but apparently he's Falkirk daft. Yeah, yeah, he was a few years below me in school. <laughs> and was uh, he? Yeah, yeah, he was a few, few years below me in school. Did you slap him about? No, I, Ross is a nice guy. You Did really, he slap really you about? Nice <laughs> Probably, yeah. but he was, he was a, he's a really nice guy. But he is a Falkirk, he's Falkirk daft. I remember when we went into administration, he was on his bike up town, he worked for the club for free for years, volunteering. And then he got, listen, he went, got a great big break going down to Huddersfield and Southampton and stuff like that. And he's really made a name for himself. I mean, he was the, the guy that, uh, on, you know, mastermind the Virgil van, van Dyke move and Stuart Armstrong to Southampton and all that sort of stuff. He watches Scottish football basically and just buys everyone <laughs> and brings them Because nobody else is fucking watching he's, he's really well thought of and he's like, Ross is a, a, a brilliant guy, really, really nice guy. And, um, you know, all the best to my Rangers. I wish he would come to Falkirk and do something. <laughs> I went to school. That's a good chat, by the way, for another time when Ewan comes back. Not that I'm deciding what you talk about in your podcast oh, in the go. future. Oh, here we you go. went to school with Ross Wilson. I went to school with Sean Maloney. Who did you go to school with that's a footballer in football grade? Oh, my best mate, Ricky Little, plays for Abrof. He's a Abrof captain. And uh, he's actually got his tap, by the way. An Arbroath tap to bring in for strip for Gredo, right? Brilliant. And uh, he had to pay £25 <laughs> to, get, to, to get his nephew an Arbroath tap, but he got one for nothing because I asked for it. <laughs> was, was it not? Who, which Man City player's um, payslip got leaked? Was it Balotelli or someone? And uh, it's on the internet. You look at Man City player um, payslip, and it was like 300 grand. I think it was Tev Carlos Tevez right. when he was there. And it, he'd been billed for getting a shirt to give to someone as well. Really? And for tickets. So it said like 300 grand, tax deductions like 120 grand, whatever. 40 pounds pound for the tap. 40 pounds for a ticket. So they take them off. off their oh, result. by the way, John, I've been asked to go to the Man City game next week. Um, next Tuesday. But obviously we're doing a podcast. Can we move the podcast days or, or do we need to do it? I mean, so I you can go to Man City? What do you, who's asked you to go down from Man City? Who do you think? Pep. No. <laughs> no. My, my buds. おいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおいおい
here on the Football Daft Podcast, don't you think, Grado? Uh, I thought you were really good at that. Um, well, well done to Andrew Curry, who has won by guessing Scotland would win 6-0 against San Marino. If you don't know what Beer 52 is, it's a beer subscription website. They deliver them straight to your door. So we've sent a crate of beer to Andrew Curry. So if you don't have it, Andrew, the postie has definitely snaffled it. Nectar, nectar, nectar. This week, our Beer 52 match of the week is a football daft derby. That's because the Jairs are taking on hearts at 10 Castle. So, so you and supporting both. <laughs> you and Cameron's the only guy going for a draw, and you've got to guess the correct score between Hearts and Rangers. If you want to guess before Sunday at midday to win a crate of beer, you've got to enter by going to the Football Daft Facebook page or tweeting the score to at Football Daft with hashtag free beer. Winners must be 18 or over and stay in the UK. And I think Rangers and Hearts is going to be a tough one, man, for... Uh, Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Rangers are going to win, eh? Yeah, so what do you think? No, I think Rangers are going to win. Well, uh, yeah. I think we, Aberdeen played Hearts a while ago. They were rank rotten, went to penalties. Uh, you can get free beer, by the way, from Beer52 as well. You just need to go to beer52.com slash daft. And we sort out eight beers for free. That's that. And they don't hold you to Ramsam, so anytime you want to pull it, then you just pull That's the good, plug, stop yeah. getting these beers to the so house. You've got to pay the postage, which is four ninety five. but I'm going to get my calculator for eight beers. All right. Actually, that's quite How much is that a deal? Hang on. Well, four ninety five divided by ten is <laughs> going great. Forty nine pence. Oh, that's, so that's 49, yeah, so it's about 40, forty pence a beer, mate. Forty pence a can of beer. Now you're talking prices. As an added bonus for football daft listeners, you get two beers extra free. So man, it's now ten beers. Ten free now beers. Calculators out. We'll set you up with your box and it'll come out the next day from beers all over Europe. It's a monthly subscription and as Grado said, you can leave anytime you want. Beer52.com forward slash daft for your first crate of beers free. How good is that, guys? Who are you? Who are you? Grado's left the room. It's time for Who Are You? Who Are You? And today's special guest that Grado will have to guess by touching and asking questions to is Rab Florence. Welcome. Rab Florence is in the room. Ready. To be felt. <laughs> and is that how you enter every room, Rab? <laughs> ready to be felt. You better <laughs> believe it. Ready to be. What football team do you support? I uh, support the mighty Glasgow Celtic. See, finally, a bit of balance, because Ewan's obviously a, a range Hearts fan. Well, I felt I had to come on to this right, show exactly. because I'd noticed, I'd noticed there was a, a lack. What, um, what's your th- thoughts on nine, nine in a row? Well, I have put... I'll, I'll unveil this just now. I have actually put... 120 grand bet on as what you're laughing but it's uh, serious you can ask uh, ask Paddy Power am I allowed to say that am I allowed to yeah, yeah. ask Paddy Power the guy so they'll give you a wee bonus if you mention Paddy Power, Power. ask Paddy Power if I've put 120k on Selic to win 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 is it 16 <laughs> <laughs> It's all about the timing, Rab. Yeah, it's all about the timing. No, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Football's a, football's a funny old thing, you know what I mean? You've tag-wrestled with um, Grado before. I have, I. Um, yep. In a match against Red Lichtenen and Greg Hempel. The bold Rudo and Greg Hempel. And uh, I, it was in the Kelvin Hall. It was the very last sporting event ever to take place in the historic Kelvin Hall. We closed it last match. Frankie Boyle did a run-in. Frankie Boyle did a run-in with all these guys and battled me with a baseball bat and all that, and I had crack ribs. Do you think Grado is going to know you by touch? I think Grado, if he feels my body, if he feels my physique, because he knows 
I send him photos of my physique, so I imagine he's got a committed memory. Committed to memory, he will he will probably recognise me if he feels my body. So maybe just my hand. I think I'll, I'll right offer him hand. my hand. I'll offer him my left hand. I oh, see so he's not going to know the left, right? Okay, here it goes. Let's get the blindfold on and bring in Grado. Bring him in now. Grado's blindfolded. Bring him in now. You all right, Grado? Aye. John, is this recording right now? Is it I would go and get him and set, set him down first. First, okay. Uh, is that all right? Rab. Sorry. Guest. Did you just say Rab? No, oh, I said that. Oh, you fucked us already, didn't you? <laughs> you have fucked. Didn't say <laughs> okay. That is the what, John? That is definitely your worst movie of life. Is that recording? I hope that's recording. <laughs> no, as because hey, we need to get us with tape, hey, mate. <laughs> Let's do it. The blindfold is on. <laughs> Our special guest, who Grado can't see, because this is a surprise, remember? Is it Rab Florence, because we're starting wrestling daft? Is it? It's me! Oh, right, wait, wait, man, hold on, hold on. <laughs> How can This, I had no idea, right, because this, this bit right on that show... I had no idea, first of all, that it was even real anyway, right? I thought it was, like, all fake. And I'm coming in here, I'm having to hide in a fucking corner, right? I'm having to hide in a corner around there, right? Yeah. Waiting for you to get hidden into a fucking room, right? And then come up here, and then when you're coming out of this room, I need to hide in that corner around there while you're coming out to get your wee fucking blindfold on. And then he walks in the room and goes... <laughs> Rab's right, here! So when Rab comes in... <laughs> you fucking... You. This is, uh, is unbelievable. That is what you call in wrestling, you fucked up, you <laughs> fucked up, you <laughs> fucked up. Producer John, who we always spend every week oh making sure dear. that I don't know who is, has just said, right, Rab's here. Well, but do you, do you honestly do this every week, right, John? Do you do this every week? Aye. People hiding and all that around the corner Aye. and everything? It's not a work. It's not a work. It's not a idea. So uh, I don't get the chance to feel Rab. Well, you uh, fire, up, fire up your blindfold you and have feel, a feel if you, you want. You feel me if you want, mate. I've um, got plenty of time, but it's good to see you, mate. I'm just glad I didn't have to do a voice. That's good. It's going to be a day in a voice. What voice would you have done? I don't know. I was practicing a kind of, would you have guessed this one? I was going to go, eh, I come. I tried to come doing and do my best doing here, you know. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. I don't I know. Because <laughs> John would have gone, oh, that's what a good one, Rab. That's asked? a good voice. No, because, do you know what? <laughs> Do you know what? Because we're starting this wrestling daft podcast. Well, it was obvious. I would have been in my heat. I bet he's trying. Aye. But uh, aye, so there we go. Tell us about your. Uh, <laughs> that was a good bit. So Tell us about the podcast. Aye, so what are you about? Celtic. Celtic. Tell us about the podcast. How's it shaping out? Is it wrestling good? daft. Oh, man, it's what a podcast this is going oh, to be. Oh, it's got to be good, isn't it? A lot of football fans right. listen to us. I know a lot of football fans listen to us podcasts. I know a lot of people that only just football fans listen to us podcasts as well. They just want to hear the part of Grado. Not so much the other guy, but Grado. Yeah. And uh, wrestling daft's coming next week. Correct. This is for the wrestling fans. Aye, it's aye. going to be wild. It's go going to put it through doing that camera down there. Look, Rob, there we go. See if we're talking about footballers and wrestling. <laughs> Who do you think would be the ultimate footballer heel at the moment? Rebecca Vardy. She'd be a great valet. She'd be a great valet. She would be. She'd be a great valet. She uh, would be. How about Babyface? Or, or still do heel? Babyface is in fat back. By the way, if you don't know what wrestling catchphrase is, a babyface is a good guy, a heel is a bad guy. Jermaine Defoe. You're not going to get a... Jermaine Defoe is the John Cena. For me, football players are all heels. 
all of them. You know what I mean? They're all stupid, right? They're all low IQ. <laughs> all low IQ. They're all in the gear and all that, right? They're all heels. There's no baby face football players. What about what? What about a manager? Who do you think a football managers would make a good a good manager? Uh, well, John Lambie, if, if you know he he would you know he would Who'd be comment. He'd... Ali McCoist. Ali McCoist. Ali McCoist, because he's a wee, he's a wee sexy guy, isn't he? He's got a wee, he's got oh, a he's cheeky. Just a sexy enemy, is he? Oh, he is if you're into a kind of mere kind of bloated, chunky guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> My mum used to always go. When 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 McCoist come back to Rangers, not that old. My mum always used to go. Oh, Ali. Oh, look. He's lost his locks. Oh, poor <laughs> Ali. He's lost his locks. Oh, he's lost his locks. Listen, by the way. Ali McCoist, man. He, do you remember a shot of glory? Do you remember that film? A shot. Yes, of glory? I was in it. Where he, you were in it. Well, I was in the crowd of fifty thousand at Hamden, <laughs> <laughs> and he played Jackie McQuillan. Jackie McQuillan. Jackie McQuillan. Because right. I always love that's my go-to answer when somebody says who's your favourite Celtic player of all time. I always say Jackie, Jackie McQuillan. McQuillan. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love going back and watching the trailer. Oh. Is it ja- <laughs> I've never I'll seen this movie, but no, no. Oh, oh man! Is, there's, a, there's a bit in the trailer where Ali pulls up in this motor and he goes, "You like my new car? You like my new car?" Just the way he says it is fucking hilarious. In the trailer. I think he's Robert good in it. Robert Deval. Robert Deval's accent in it, man, because, is fucking brilliant. Because it's funny because I remember like because like was it no nineteen ninety nine two thousand and like sports scene would have um, you know people gene up the cup final and sitting there would be like. Um, Alan Ruff and next Alan aye, Ruff aye. would be like Robert Deval you're like what's going on man do you know what I mean are they <laughs> do you not up the Scottish Cup final I see you're a big Celtic fan Rob do you get to the games much ask me something about Celtic do I get to the games much no I don't I can't go to the games can't go to the games because people um, will ask me about sketches Nora and people will want photos with me and it will distract the team I've always thought <laughs> but the team see Rab Florence up you know, they'll see him up there they'll be like put them off distract them it's going to put them off they see me up there you know what I mean well, Rab can I get a photo they're shouting <laughs> the fucking halfway line <laughs> Rab can I get a photo this guy's flying past them can't, goals going can't in can't happen you know what I mean no I just don't get I just don't get to go so often you know what I mean did you ever go when you were away Rab Nah, no, really. See, my dad, my dad was big into football. My dad was big into football, right, when he was a young man, right. But um, there was a whole, there was a whole thing. He went to a game once with my uncle Jack, and my uncle Jack threw a chip, uh, threw a chip at a polis, right. And my dad, got, my, my dad and my uncle Jack both got arrested because of that, because they threw a chip at a polis. My dad never went back again, I think, because of the trauma of throwing that chip. You know what I mean? So, um, so because of that, he never really took me to games. You know what I mean? Because uh, of a chip. But I went to games like when I was a wee guy, my, my brother-in-law Johnny took me to a Rangers game and stuff like that, and uh, my big brother took me to Celtic games and stuff like that here and there, but but nah, I was never a big... Never Ian, a, Ian's a, a Celtic fan as well, wasn't he? He is. Basically, most people in Scottish comedy are all Celtic fans. Yeah, It's only I mean? me and Johnny Watson. Mace. And Jordan Young. Aye. If you can, and nobody else. Aye. Is there anybody else? Everybody's... everybody's I think it's just used three. We had to let a few in. <laughs> That's, what say, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. The establishment <laughs> had to let I, a few I don't in. Know. And it was all... Because of you. He was the first person to tell the comedy unit about my videos on YouTube, and then I went in for a audition for The Sunny. That's right, aye, the pilot, aye. The pilot. And that was before Scott Squad. That was before mm-hmm. Scott Squad. Yep. So my first bit of telly was because of Rab. So my whole career, the reason why you, Paul, are sitting here today is yeah. because of Rab Flops. Right, <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. funny how the universe conspires, it's isn't it? for me, give everybody a grado. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, folks. You're welcome. No, no, no. You, you did it all yourself, mate. 
You was, did it yourself. But it's a pleasure to be on this. Daft, would, thanks very much. I would never be asked to be on this, I understand, if it wasn't for the fact I was doing wrestling daft with Grado um, starting next week, starting on a Friday the 25th October. of October. Um, but, you know, he wouldn't have asked me on otherwise. I get that. You know what I mean? He wouldn't have asked me on. I'm no, well, yeah, I'm, no in there. I'm no in the football clique. You know what I mean? I'm no in with all the, you know, Grado's like that playing golf with your auntie and all that. Mm-hmm. Play. Who do I fucking play golf but with? Nobody. Nobody asked me. I stay in Helensburg, by the way. You know who else stays in Helensburg? Mother Smith. Mother and I saw him in home hardware and he was looking at some fucking screws, right? And does, does he <laughs> ask me out for a game of golf? I saw him buying screws in home hardware. And no, no golf for me. Mother I'm his neighbour Walter I'm your neighbour by the way it doesn't matter that I'm a Celtic supporter you need to get past that and invite me to your house for a go in your hot tub me you and your missus let's do it hey stop talking about F.O. Like come on F.O.'s a nice woman right, I'm out of here I've got a wrestling <laughs> no, podcast to work on I've got no time for these fake sports football <laughs> no. Rob good to up. see you mate I'll see nice you next one. week pal I'll right? see you next week thank you tell the roof off it's time for this week's special guest not that Rab Florence wasn't special but it's time for our actual special guest into the Football Daft podcast a legend from Dundee United won the Scottish Cup with them in 1994 after 10 years at the Arabs moved to Reading, Kilmarnock, Morton and back to Dundee before finishing up at air with over 440 career appearances and tell me if I've missed one 57 goals and a Scotland cap Andy McLaren is here thanks Paul yeah no 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 much you're looking forward to this Grado eh (laughs) no as I said because I said at the start of the show all week I've been thinking I'm interviewing Alan McLaren and then I found out Andy's coming on the show I've read your book know that I'm saying um, it's, it's a pamphlet it's not a pamphlet but man I couldn't put it down Andy and I know it's been out I know it's been out for about 12 is it 12, yeah, 13 years year, huh? but seriously if there's anybody that want, that's want a wee a, a, a tidy wee read of what it's like for a football player that's had a wee bit of bother yeah. and stuff like that it's a Brilliant read, mate. Brilliant read. I, I was meant to drive up and I go to the train instead to just to read it. Brilliant. It. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's good to know that I've got Grado reading, you know. That's amazing. <laughs> <isn't> that? <laughs> that's a new programme we've got started up there. Grado tells the bedtime story with Grado. <laughs> get you on. Uh, look, you're from Castle Milk, right? How did you uh, even end up at, up in Dundee? What what was the journey? Um just grew up. First love was football. Uh, played it as long as I, f- f- I was a kid. Um, Dundee United at that time had a really good youth policy. Um, a lot of people, a lot of guys for the the West went up there. Um, a lot of Glasgow boys. Um, Jim McLean was the manager, so I signed when I was signed schoolboy forms. When I think when I was about 12, 13. Uh, there was a lot of other clubs uh, wanting to sign me, but um, obviously with Dundee United's youth policy, I knew that. When I went there at 16, 17, if, if I was good enough, I would get that opportunity. So that was a kind of thinking behind it, you know. So right. you went up and you moved away. That was your first time out of moving out of the house? Yes. Um, when I was, as, as I say, I signed schoolboys forms when I was 13. So what you used to do is, like, school holidays, you'd go up there you, uh, and you'd train with, a, you'd train with a, uh, the first team players, you'd train with the reserve players, and it, it was brilliant. Um, and then when I was 16, as soon as I left school, went full-time. Um Went full time, and that meant moving away from from Castlemilk and and um, and, and up to Dundee. I used to go up on a Monday morning, 
came home, maybe a Friday or a Saturday, depending if I was in the reserves or the first team or not. Um, but was you up there yourself or did you have a couple of muckers that you were... Well, the, I, there was a squad, is, they called us the kind of new breed, all the boys that were up there, you guys look like Duncan Ferguson, John O'Neill, mm-hmm. um, Ray McKinnon, Paddy Conley, Alec Cleland and loads of other young boat guys. I, I, I was reading your book and I was pissing myself at one of the stories because obviously you worked quite a lot with Jim McLean, yes. Jim McLean was up there and... Tell me a wee bit about Jim McLean, right? Because obviously he's had an effect on you. There was Aye. one story in that book that I was yep. pissing myself. Aye, I, where I don't know what he's done, but he's were, he's, he's were fined. And what he's had today was was paint, the, the, the dressing rooms, but instead of painting, he's wrote, <laughs> Jim McLean's a cunt. Yes. <laughs> Aye, that's a, that was a great story. Listen, we were always... We were always getting out of trouble. We weren't bad. We were just... You're 16, 17, 18, away from him group of young boys, you're going to do stupid things, right. you know, it was never, there was never any malice or nothing, and, I, and one time we got into trouble, and I don't, I, I, I honestly don't know what what we'd done, but I can probably pick my nose and eat <laughs> or something, because it, it, it just, you used to get fined for ridiculous Aye, things. that's what you I know, noticed. It was like, you get fined for no putting your boots away. I, I remember getting fined for no shaving. I was 16. I fucking didn't need to shave. <laughs> Bum fluff. Oh, what was that? He says, you know, shaved today. I says, I've no shaved. <laughs> you know what I mean? What, what was I done? Um, what what was a Dundee United fine? Like, what were you getting? Was like what was the wages? It was like 25 quid for no shaving, and I would be on 45 aye. quid a week. So you take half your money for not aye. having a shave? Aye. And I didn't need to shave. It was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> the amount of times... See, my first couple of years at Dundee, at Dundee United, it was just being skint constantly. Aye. You know, people thought you're a professional football player, you're earning plenty of money. I actually, I used to do the papers back in Castmill, I used to earn 55 quid a week. I took a pay, I took a pay cut to go full-time with the United. My first contract was £45 a week and £12 travelling expenses. So you're, you were making more money selling papers yes. than what you were as a, as a football yeah. player. See, you folk don't think that, do you yeah. know? You think that you've but got it sorted as a football player. Knowing but. your life story, though, yeah. if you'd been given, like, if you played football now uh-huh. and you got given <laughs> 50 grand a week now, <laughs> I'm not being funny, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be here. I wouldn't mm. be sitting here. No. no. Aye. So actually... No, listen, it was... It, see, 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 when you're 16, 17, 18, the money wasn't important to me. My dream was to be a professional football player. Right. You know, I dreamt about being a professional football player if I was six, seven-year-old. Right. You know, so I didn't dream about making loads of money. I dreamt about playing at Parkhead Nybrooks and, and Hamden and playing in cup finals and playing for my country, you know. So football, for me, and loads of guys in my era, it was never about the money, Aye. you know. For us, I'd have loved to have got 50 grand a week, you know, but that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't the, the reason I got into football. Who, who did you grow up idolising when you were watching the football? Uh, Kenny Douglas. Right. Kenny Douglas, uh, Paul McStay, Ian Durant, loved Ian Durant, got to play with him. Um, so guy. guys, I, I mean... I was lucky. I grew up in the eighties. Grew up eighties. So Dundee United were beating Barcelona. Real Madrid, Aberdeen were beating Real Madrid. Hearts were beating Bayern Munich. It mm. was just the norm for Scottish players to be unbelievable. Kenny Douglas was one of the best players in the world at that Aye. time. Liverpool had four or five Scottish guys. Every team in England. So you, these role models, these guys to look at and think they can do it. I can do it. Aye. You know. And when I came for Cashmore, there was always loads of guys that. They were football players, you know. Did you know Charlie Miller when you were young? Because obviously I, he always I, talks about being brought up in Castle Did you know each other when you were young? Charlie stayed a couple of hundred yards from me. Really? And went you, you went to a different school. Aye, aye, he went to Winlaw and I went to St Dominic's. And it was like Celtic Rangers when we right. played each other, you know. Uh, so 
But I have no Charlie. I've no, I've no Charlie on my life. We speak me stays. Um, he just phoned just a minute ago. Well, called called Grado a fat prick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm complaining because I, I never gave stuff. a shout. Because I never gave somebody who knows a shout out at my see, wrestling I, show. I speak to Charlie every day, but um, <laughs> I, as I say, that's that's what it was for me. That's you know, I wanted to be a professional football player today. Do things rather than um, you then got your Scottish Cup. Winner's medal, 1994. Yep. Yep. Uh, that was with Ivan Golac. Ivan Golac, yep. Tell us about him. He must have been an interesting... Uh, you've gone from Jim McLean well, to Golac. Well, you've went for wee Jim, who was... Jim McLean was a genius. He was fucking bonkers, right? And, he, like, I've never seen anybody go as mad as him. After, right. in, in any any part of my life, you know, he would come in at half-time and just go absolutely mental, you know. Uh, like how, what, smash stuff up? Punch people? Aye, aye, aye. Did he ever hit you? No, he, t- he used to come in and point right into your face and I can remember grabbing his finger one day and saying, and he, was <sighs> like, he was like, fucking, you've always got something to say and I'm saying, listen, shout and ball at me all you want but don't ever point into my face again. So uh, that's the milk coming out uh, in you? Well, listen. Were you a wide old team? No, well, listen, see when I went in, we played, when I went in to sign professional forms, this is a great story, I went in to sign professional forms, we were playing St Mirren in the, the Youth Cup semi-final I was 15, um, so I went in and I was signing my, my, my contract to go full-time. And he'd phoned up my school, and he'd, he'd ask about what it was like at school. And <laughs> I wasn't, listen, see my last couple of years, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't there as much as what I should have been. <laughs> um, and he said to me, when I was signing, he says, I'm expecting trouble off you. <laughs> I'm, fucking, I'm glad to say I didn't disappoint him. <laughs> but like I say, it wasn't, I wasn't bad, I was... Listen, we were daft young boys, right. you know what I mean? Being away from him, and and then you go for Jim to <laughs> Ivan, who was it was like a fucking different world, you know. A character, I mean? wasn't he? Ah, he was he was brilliant. Um, we Jim is like football wise, he was a genius. He was the best I ever worked under. But the other side of we Jim wasn't he nice, you mm. know, like the way he mm. treated people and, and, and stuff. Um, somebody actually said to me a couple of months ago that he's. Wee Jim said to him once that I was one of his favourites. <laughs> Thank fuck I was one of his favourites because I wouldn't like to see him if he didn't like me. You know what I mean? Um, but as I say, I learned so much from him. I mean, even the day when I go and play, I still play over 35s and still play. And see if my man runs after me, I can still hear Wee Jim in my head shouting, you fucking cheating bastard. Your man just scored a goal there, you know? So it's, it's, it's all the habits that. They installed in us, you know, and then we went to, as I say, Ivan Golak came in and it was a totally different regime, more relaxed, more, more fun, you know. Uh, although we still had fun under Rija, just right. he, didn't, he didn't know about it. Did you ever write anything about him being a cunt on the wall? No, <laughs> no, I didn't, because by that point I wasn't fucking having to paint gyms no. or fucking <laughs> or, uh, sweep up the terrace you know, yeah. or, or, or stuff like that. You know, the, the story with Rija is, is a cunt, is a, is, a, is a great story as well. Right. As I say, we were in... He used to make his day jobs around about the club, you know. I think it's something that the young boys should still do, you know. Cause Pay your dues. Aye, it learns your respect, you know. Mm. I, I see young boys now at 16, 17, and they're talking back to first-team players and all that. If we'd have done that time, they should have got battered. Cuff around the lug. Oh, you know, know what I mean? Kind of do you think that is missed? Because uh, it's, it's no there at all in no, football. we used to have to chop the door to get to walk into the first-team changing room, you know, mm-hmm. because... She's a sixteen-year-old. You were a, you were aspiring to be these guys. You want you know? to be. You want to so, work towards. But you that. had to. You had to have respect for them. You know these guys were. were listen, see when I went first went there, the guys like Dave Neary scored in World Cups against Brazil and all that. You know, I was annoying. You know, I was see my first couple of years. I don't think I said two words to Big Dave Neary because one of my earliest football memories is the eighty-two World Cup and watching Big Dave Neary score against Brazil. 
And then seven years later, I'm sharing the dressing room with that guy. See, I was I was past myself reading the story about the cup final. He's won the cup, and uh, he's beat Rangers with one 0 yeah, no. Rangers were favourites, right? Oh, oh, of course. And and uh, we jam apparently said to to you, yeah. Craig Brewster. At Craig Brewster's uh, cost the club a lot of money today because yeah. he's getting the money for his, his scoring the goal, his win bonus. Yeah. Uh, he was raging at the money that the yeah. club are going to have to pay him out for yeah. winning the cup. I was <laughs> the cup final was unbelievable because I was 20 year old, I had never played in a cup final, but growing up in Castmilk, Castmilk's five, ten minutes away from Hamden. So she during the summer holidays, we used to go down to Hamden and kind of sneak in and go in the park. And as a kid at 12, 13, you this is this is the one in the Scottish Cup final, or this is a you know, and and things like that, you know, and this is Scotland the World Cup final. I mean, I did get to play at Hamden in a, a World Cup final uh, for Scotland under 16s, um, and, and go to score in it. You know, there was it was 1989. I, I talk about that in the book as well. Where um, Scotland had the World Cup in 89 and under 16 World Cup. I get selected. Um, first game was at Hamden. We. Pelly done the opening ceremony, got to shake Pelly's hand. He still goes on about it this day. That's right now doing it. And then we got we get through the group stages. Played Portugal in the semis at Tynecastle with thirty thousand there. We beat Louis Figo, Ray Costa, all these guys. It was your golden generation. And then the final was against Saudi Arabia, and everybody laughs at this. But I'm going to show you the forties. The Saudi Arabia guys. They was meant to be under sixteen, but these guys were fucking forty-odd. <laughs> they look older than me now, you know. And they beat us. We were 2 0 up, um, and then they were obviously physically stronger. And I got back to two each, uh, went to penalties. I took a penalty and scored. So I've scored in a World Cup final for Scotland. I've oh, maybe retired that. after that. You <laughs> know You're wrong. 16 year old. Uh, 15, I think I've, I just turned 16, and then after that, obviously went full time with Dundee United. Um, and that was obviously the rest of the stuff started. Well, so Dundee United, you win the cup. Yeah. Uh, and then you got relegated. Uh, the next season, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye, um, nobody's seen it coming. Mm-hmm. They, they say teams are too good to go down. That team is fucking definitely too good to, 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 to go down. <laughs> Take your gobstoppers out of my friend. <laughs> no, but as I say, we were never in danger. And then it was the last two games, I think, Aberdeen. Aberdeen. We were not about at Pitodre. How was that, that? And Aberdeen, but it's Dunk Shearer, and I think we Dodgy scored, and that was us banging trouble, you know, and we were down. And the next year was, I remember going to Dumbarton. And it was all bog heat and it was fucking, it was pissing at rain. The pitch had big puddles in it and we get beat one now. And I'm thinking, we've got to get back up, you know. But we're too good anyway, you know. And we did, we get back up um, via the playoffs. But that was probably one of my favourite nights at Tannadice when we got back up. We played Party Thistle, um, beat them. We scored in the 90th minute to take it extra time. And then only only Coyle scored to, to uh, for us to one two one. I set up with two goals that night, but it was I played really well. Tannadice was bouncing, and it was just one of my favourite. It's one of my favourite nights at Tannadice. Do you think you would uh, still have been at United if you didn't get promoted right away? What do you think? Uh, well, see, when about that time, the West clubs interested in you. Listen, Celtic. Tommy Burns tried to buy me for it was no, no less. Uh, it wasn't much less than a million quid. Um, I was on 150 quid a week at the time. Um, and the DNA United knocked it back and says I was worth more than that. And I'm saying, how the fuck can I be worth more than a million pounds if I'm on 150 pounds a week? You know what I mean? Um, I thought I was going to sell it at that point. Um, as I say, Tommy Burns had tried to sign me. There was, That's came, I can't always try to sign you. Died, I, was, I was talking with the Rangers as well later on. Um, there's teams English Premiership and all that. Around about that time, 21, 22, when I was really flying, full of drink. 
Listen, I was still drinking and stuff then, but... Going to the Metro and Silkets? Aye, done all that. <laughs> so, so, even when, so this is around the time that you'd won the cup. Yeah. You were drinking and ever, doing other stuff too? Yes. yes. And, but how come, so that never got picked up until you went to Reading? No. But did you ever get, was there not tests no, here then? I played up here for, if I was 16, I was 26. I was never tested once, you know. Um, I, I, I grew up when the kind of ecstasy exploded, you know, the rave culture, mm-hmm. you know. So I was coming home at the weekends. My pals were going to raves, you know. We got to, a lot were doing in Ayrshire, you know. You used to have, have them in, yeah. in, the fe- in fields and, and stuff. So I would come home after maybe playing Aberdeen or Celtic or Rangers. My mates were all going out. What I should have done was sat in the house. <laughs> but what I did do was go out with him and, and right. go and party and you brought one eight dancing in a field and then you go up the train on Monday and, you're, and he'd be still at the other place it'd take you Tuesday to Wednesday to recover and then the game would come back round but I, see at that point Paul I was really really fit as a, as a young guy you know so I could go in on Monday morning and still do running still do everything boys used to go for nothing me you know right. I could boot all weekend and then go up on a Monday and still did, still be able did, to run was there any of the other older players that ever go did they, did they ever take you aside and go oh you need to fucking get a grip here you need to listen fuck was listen it's a team game right but everybody looks after the fucking sale let's be honest Aye. you know it is a team game but Everybody wants to be not starting 11. Listen, there's only 11 players can play on a Saturday, yeah. you know. So, see, at they saying we'd maybe 30, a squad of 30 or 40, you know what I mean, including all the youth team and whatever, you know. So, everybody, and see, see if you were only playing the first team at Dundee United, you were in fucking Wallace, you know. So, boys were, listen, maybe one or two would say to me, What's your drink or that? But it wasn't. See, back in the days, you didn't, you didn't open up about how you felt or your feelings or your emotions, Gredo. You just didn't. It wasn't. It was a football dressing rooms under the place to do that. I know it's changing a bit, but we're still miles away from where we should be. But in the days, you didn't want any, no, you'd any sort of weakness. You know? So what you done is, what I'd done was bottled everything up and used drinking and other stuff as, a, as my coping mechanism. You know, so when I felt shite about myself, I would go and get drunk or I would go and take other stuff to, to make me try and feel a wee bit better. It was escapism. Because your your dad died, yep, and then your you had a baby, yep. three months after, yep, and you were away at the same time, yeah. My dad died in the March. My son was born in the June, um, and I, I think I came down the road for about a week, and then went back up. And run about that time, there was no you feel not right. It was just right, right you're back in, and that was it. No empathy know? for you. No, in my head, I look back now and I think. Like, I, 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 when I read that, I think, fuck me, no wonder I'd done what I'd done, you know, mm. because I'd all this stuff going on in my head. But being for f- Cashmont, where I'm from, we were brought up not to show our feelings or emotions. That mm. was the way. You grew up in Scotland, that's what we're, that's what we're programmed to do, innit? You drink and you do this and, and you don't tell anybody your feelings, you don't tell anybody your emotions. We're, we're getting better at it, you know, but we're still, we're still miles away from where we need to be. I definitely agree with you. I agree with you, mm-hmm. but we were talking about this before we went on air. You know, there's a lot of people you now that, that suffer from mental health issues. They don't want to talk, yeah. right? But sometimes people want to be left alone. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that. You know, people tell people, oh, phone people, yeah. phone, get, you know, keep make sure they're all right. Sometimes mm-hmm. people need breathing space and that's, yeah. that's how they cope with it. Look, yeah. if I'm having a bad day, right? Phone's in flight mode. Yeah. I don't want to talk yeah. to him. Sometimes that. people can, can annoy you and you think, yeah. you're making me feel worse. No, some, I, listen, I, I, I still suffer the day with, with depression and stuff like that. I have spells where 
fucking last thing I want to do is speak to anybody. I want to lock myself in the house and just... And my wife's brilliant because she'll let me go for a couple of days and then say, give me a wee kick up ass and say, right, go on the phone to somebody, start, you know, start opening up again, you know. Whereas, but some days... I'm used to feeling like shit, you know, so it's comfortable for me. It sounds it sounds bizarre, but because I've dealt with shit all my life, you know, so I deal, I deal better with shit than I do with. I remember things going really well in my life and me no, no being comfortable with it. It sounds it sounds bizarre, you know. I can remember my life going well and my, my life. By the time I was playing football, I was earning good money. I had a nice big house, I had a nice car, and my wife was there, I had my two kids. Everything was perfect, aye. and I can remember feeling really, really. Aye, something's not right here. What, thinking aye, what's going to go wrong? Aye, aye. Yeah. And, I get and, that. And, and, and a lot of time, I would self-sabotage that. It sounds bizarre, but I did. I looking, it's only be looking back and analysing all that stuff. You know, I would maybe fucking go on a Saturday, no, come home on a Tuesday and miss training, and so it's, it's, it was like self-sabotage, you know, because I wasn't comfortable with with goodness all the time, if you yeah. know what I mean, because I was used to shite, you know, yeah. and, you, and if that's what you're used to, that's what you're used to, you know, but I've got a lot better at it now, accepting that, ah, it's all right, you feel good, you yeah. know, and, and no feel guilty about it, and, and, and whatever, you know. Um, Do you still go to, like, your meetings, and your I've meetings? I, listen, and I still speak like to, listen, a guy, a guy, I speak about him in a book, he died last, the other day, um, and it was a massive party, of me being who I'm other day, the, the person I'm all the day, and he, he died last week, oh, uh, yeah, and it was, but it was brilliant because he knew he was going to die. So I go to go up and say to him and tell him I loved him and tell him how important he was to me. Um, and his funerals this week, but as I say, that was it was people like that, that that I wouldn't be here. With, you know, there was four or five guys who go around about me. I don't go to the meetings as much now. I've not been for a while actually because but I want to. I want to. Uh, my recovery's I might live in a real world I've been with you Andy and I've I've seen you get phone calls and go right there's a boy I can't struggling I need to boost now and make sure mm. he's alright is mm. it what, what, do you run a are you party or no, listen no, are, you just, just, are you just are you just a good pal for folk Aye, do you want well, listen because I've seen you go and, and, and whenever I've had bother you've you've reached out to me yeah. and, and looked after me is that is that just for, for your experiences it's, it's, that you just... Of, listen, you, just need that, you need to be that kind of person, but the people that really, really, really helped me, I used to say to them, how can I repay you back? And they says, see what I've done for you? You did that for other people. Listen, I speak to a lot of people. You know, people will phone me, a lot of ex-players will phone me, or, or current players. Is that right? Do they come to you because... Some of them, they, I've, had, I've had a few boys, aye. Uh, and it's something that, that, listen, I say it all the time, I'd love to do... Merit, you know, I'd love to get into every club in Scotland and say, listen, here's my story. If any's are ever feeling a wee bit like shit, it's all right. You feel like that, it's all right, you know. And so you, so, so you're in Dundee. You're, you're, you're obviously you're, you're only a couple of years for Glasgow, yeah. but then you make that decision to go to Reading, uh-huh. where you're not just a couple of years yeah. away. You know, you're, you're going to have to have a flight. Yeah. You're doing there in Reading. You're obviously you're, you're, you're training. You finish training. Yeah. What do you do? So I was I went down there to escape for Glasgow and Dundee. I was trying to run away, but I was trying to run away from me. I didn't realise that at the time. You know, I, I can remember being on the flight to Red and think, right, down here, gaff a drink, you know about it the weekend and other stuff. I don't so know good. anybody down there, I'm away. I can get my career back in track. That was my thinking, going on that flight, going down there. But my actions were totally different because I was down there two or three days and Redden's 20 minutes outside London. I knew boys in London, so before I knew it, Redden was fucking mental. Redden was like, the best way I can explain it, right? And 
I'm not meaning to make a joke here, but I was doing there for 10, 11 months and it was like being fucking on holiday, all inclusive. <laughs> for 10, 11 months. <laughs> I was staying in a hotel, <laughs> read my pick up the tab. So, a boy for cash, what are you going to do? You're going to have to kick the whole right out of the tab. Did they check the tab? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, they were getting a tab, 30, 30 bottles of Budweiser and two cheeseburgers. <laughs> it's like Home Alone. Well, you hotel. know, so that's, that's what it was, you know. And, um, Listen, the best thing that happened to me down there was failing a drug test. You know, Aye, as well. I say, if if I had there, and I can remember the day that happened, I can remember the guys coming on and me saying to one of the boys, who's that? And he says, that's the drug testers. And I can remember shaking myself. Father collapsed. Oh, did you? And I can remember thinking, did you know you were going to fail? Oh, I knew, but. Did you I, think, was, I'm going to switch with someone? It was a Monday morning and I'd been out all weekend and. I know, I know what I was thinking about then. This is serious. Because I'm, I'm doing a warm down and I'm thinking, just collapse and kid on, you've took a heart attack. Aye. Just, nah, I was trying to think of something. And then I'm thinking, no, they just fucking run. You need to just run off the park here and just. But all my, my clays and my keys and everything was in the dressing rooms. And my dad was 10 years deep by that point. And I can remember thinking, I can remember saying to my dad, get me out of this one. I used to talk to him and make wee deals, you know what I mean? Aye. It was never anything good, you know what I mean? It was always, help me with this one, Dan, I'll no date again. A horse, a horse uh, bet or something. Aye. Like that. And I, I went in there and, because I knew the consequences of peeing that bottle. I thought my football career was going to be over. I, I genuinely did. Uh, I went in there and, and then at six weeks, Alan Pardew was the manager and I found out like I took two, two, three weeks or something for the results of the drug test to come back so I went in and organised a payoff. I was due I was due hundreds of thousands of pounds but I get about 38 grand 30, about, between 35 and 30, 40 grand I can't really remember and that was in the January I went into Pride in the March and I had a thousand pound left you know so in the space of seven, eight weeks I just fucking I was trying to see at that point I was actually trying to kill myself I was trying to drink or do other stuff death. I used to go to bed. If I went to bed and think, hope I don't wake up tomorrow. Was there any other players around about that time that you can confide in, or was it just a matter of? I didn't want to confide in anybody. Nah. Though I didn't, because all this stuff that was going on in my head, all the stuff I speak about in the book, I didn't. I didn't know how to talk to people. I didn't know how to open up. You're in the priory for how long? I was in the priory for four weeks. Um, just before that, the story broke in Scotland, and it was like first item on the six o'clock news. And it was the front page of every newspaper for about a week, you know, and I can remember thinking, fuck me, that's about OTT, you know. Um, but it wasn't me that I felt it for, you know. I had two boys that were at school. Can you imagine going to school and your dad's plastered up, you know, and my wee granny, my ma, Claire's wee granny, who's a wee woman that went to chapel every Sunday and was a good, you know, and not one of them turned her back me or whatever, you know, but, and they were the ones that, put up the shade because what well, I'd done what I always done I just had it away you know what I mean Until I, and then I went into the Priory for a month and it was out the way there you know and getting into the Priory I thought I was going to get in there so fucking and come back out and drink that's right because I can remember getting into the Priory and saying to them, and they're saying to me you can't drink again and I'm like oh, listen I'm going to my mate's fucking get, get married in three months <laughs> I can't no go at that no drink I just <laughs> couldn't see Aye. I just couldn't see me no drinking you know and they were like it was just a day at a time and, and all, the, all the, the stuff that I, that I learned you know but the pride was great for just getting me away for a month getting me away for all the shite you know but as I say I left my wife two boys to, to bring up for a month and and my family were, were, were brilliant with me you know, they all chipped in and, and helped you got back to Scotland 
to Kilmarnock, right. and uh, you had friends around you, Ian Duran, Alan McCoyst. Yeah. How important was that to get around about? It was brilliant, you know. As I say, I hadn't been there for I hadn't been in a dressing room for six months. You don't know how people are going to react to you. Do you? you failed a drug test. You fucking you've had all a shite wrote about you for three, four months. That was another thing that annoyed me. There was people writing things that fucking it was nobody, nobody's business, you know, writing about my dad dying and stuff like that. You know what I mean? That was it shouldn't get put in a newspaper. You know what I mean? That was nothing to do with. Um, anything, any, me failing a drug test, you know what I mean? It's fucking, you know, so, um, but I went into that dressing room and first day, listen, you know me, Redo, you know I'm not a nervous guy, you walk into the dressing room, but that day I was, I was a wee bit fucking apprehensive. You've not been in a dressing room for six months. I'm usually loud and shouting and bawling, and I went in that day and I was kind of quiet, put my gear on, and Durante came in behind me and just fucking came me. Brilliant. <laughs> That's what you yeah. needed. You're an okay bastard. <laughs> you didn't hear no, that, you know. And that's, that's, what, that's what I thought my dress room's like. You know, I, d- I didn't want people to come in and go tiptoe on about you and be few. Don't know what to say. I'm here. Or do, do we talk about drinking? Do we? It was a great dress room. Great people. Um, and I, like, a year after I left the Priory, I won a Scotland Cup. You know, Aye. there's no many people leave rehab. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody that's ever left fucking rehab and then a year later they're playing for their country. You know what I mean? So. Um, Kelly must have a special place in your heart. Think about it because, I mean, obviously you're going up there. You get a second chance. Yeah. You know, who, who was it that took a gamble? Bobby Williams. Bobby Williams. As I say, when, when all that came out, I thought I'll That's never. I, I don't think I'll get back to playing football. You know. Um, and I came out of Priory and I was looking a lot better. I'd been training a wee bit, and it was like Friday sports scene or something used to be on. And, and they'd asked me to go, and I says, listen, can I come on? I'm planning to make a play, try and get myself a club. I was mm-hmm. looking good. I'd been on holiday. Um, I had a wee tan and, <laughs> and looking all right, you know what Aye. I mean? And, um, and I went on, and I says, listen, I'm half a drink, I'm half other stuff. If anybody can give me an opportunity, um, if, I, if I drink again, you can drop up my contract. All I'm asking for is a chance, you know? And within a day, I'd four or five teams would go in touch with me because, listen, football clubs are only daft, they knew if... They had an Andy McLaren who wasn't he drinking, wasn't he doing the other stuff? They had a fucking serious football player in their hands, you know, yeah. because I was I was a good football player, you know. You can say what you want about me, but I could play, you know what I mean? Um, and four or five teams get in touch with me, and I went and met Bobby Robinson, and I met Bobby, was brilliant. Bobby was a guy for Easter who called a spade a spade. He knew the score. He knew the script, you know what I mean? He says, listen, he says, I'll give you a fucking three month contract to know. Um, he says, you come in one day smelling a drink, or I hear anything, he says, you're sacked. I says, that's fine. I says, fucking, he says, that's all I'm wanting. First three months, first game of the season, beats it, one one now, set up a winner. <laughs> Second game of the season, 2 0 up against Rangers, I'd scored two. Uh, Rangers come back and scored four. Beat us 4 2, but I'd scored two, so. Um, <laughs> you only give a fuck. And then. The, the <laughs> same with the good ones, that one. <laughs> and then the following week, we went to Parkhead and I scored to put us 1 0 up as well. Aye. That was the first. And I wasn't played in a month the first year, the first, my first ah, month story. back. First month back, you've got guys like Henry Larson and all that playing in, in the league, you know, and I've, I've just come out of rehab three months before it and I, and I wanted to play the, uh, the month, you know. And it, I, I remember at the time thinking, this is a fucking sympathy vote, but I look back now and, fucking listen, I'd scored two against Rangers, one against Shellac, and, and I'd done well, you know, so I, I did deserve it. See how you're saying you, when you come back into the football dressing room and you get pelted, after players and all that, and that made you feel good. Yep. What was it like though with, with, with the fans? Did they get on your back? Aye. You know, I know they would have been it, shouting songs. Did that get on your back? I, I listen. Some days it did. I'm going to be like, listen. I'm a human being. It, it does affect you, you know. And I go to a stage where I, I stoke my family going to games. 
you know, because my wee ma was sitting listening to the shite like she all day, you know what shit. I mean? Mm-hmm. My brothers, my brothers used to be nearly fighting every week going to games, you know what I mean? I remember, my brothers were big Celtic fans and they were, they were watching, they were doing it at Robbie Park and, and the Shelly and then there's guys and, and it was boys for cast, they were nearly fighting me guys and all that, you know, but some, I mean, the day I scored at Parkhead, I knew that guy I spoke about who died um, and my boy, I knew where they sat. And I scored at Park. He'd looked up, and the two of them were jumping about. And That's perfect. To end. You know That's what beautiful. I mean? It's one of my favourite moments in football. I'm going to be honest. You know, even one in Scotland, but just looking up there and seeing two of the biggest Celtic fans of, that I know celebrating a Kamalak goal <laughs> because it was me. You know, it was it was priceless. Yeah. So memories like that, nobody can take away. Yeah. Here, obscure football players, right? That I always remember. I always remember Seab Dykstra. Big Seab. Tell me about the time you and him were rolling about the flare. Was it in the bus or something? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you had a punch up with him? Aye, I love Big Seab. No, I see me the great relationship. I remember the passion yeah, on that. Aye, I used to, every day in training. you take a piss in me? Aye, every day I would go in and I'd call him a big porn star. No, he was a big Dutch guy, you know. So I'd like, right, you fucking big porn star. So it would be a good relationship. But one day I was... I was lying out the boy, back of the bus sleeping, but which wasn't like me because I was usually fucking tormenting the life out of everybody else, you know. Um, and I was lying one day and he's come up and poured water on me. I know that way you're sleeping and you wake up and you're raging. And I had a big bottle of Lucas Aid. Oh, that sticky shit, man. I just shook it, man. I just buffed, scooshed it out of him. Um, and the next minute, Seab's six foot six um, and built that brick shit house, you know. Um, and the next minute he started ladling into me. So I've just... Curled up into a ball um, and thinking, hurry up and fucking break us up somewhere. Um, <laughs> and the boys have come in and split it up and I've jumped up and I'm like, fucking, is that your best big man? I was like, I was just rope a me. I was letting you, have you never seen fucking Ali, Ali and Fraser? And the boys were in stitches and we, we Tom McLean was down in front of the bus. He was, in, he was pissing his cell and all. See, to be fair, I'm surprised I never get mer in the changing room, you know, because I was a fucking pain in the ass. I would have battered me in the changing room, you know. Um, I actually done man and sometimes in the changing room, you know, and I was <laughs> me. Yeah. Um, but as I say, listen, we went and played after it. And, listen, there was a million t- things like that in football changing rooms. You've got 20 odd guys, you know, you're going to, know everybody's going to get on, you know, and, and I did go on, I got on with everybody, you know, but as I say, just that day with Big C, but it was just. One of the things. Brilliant, brilliant. Out of all the teams you played for and all your achievements with the unders with the Scotland uh, World Cup goal or winning the Scottish Cup or that moment that you spoke about with the uh, your pal in the crowd, what's your favourite moment? Well, listen, it'd be hard to just pick one, I'm going to be honest. Fuck up, um, maybe the, play my Meat Buffs part oh, charity I, again? That's right, up there. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the party thistle game, listen, the cup final, the Scottish Cup final, but I was 20 year old. And I can remember, I can remember before the game, Morris Malpass coming up to me and saying, no, Andy, you take everything in and all right, because you don't know when you'll be back here. And I'm saying, I'm more. But seeing my head, I'm thinking, fuck off, more. I'll be playing in these every year. Uh. You know what I mean? And I didn't get to play in another one, you know? So I didn't take that in. Listen, that was, that was obviously the big thing. Playing for Scotland, for me, was, was, was a big thing. You know, as I say, it was a year after I'd left the, left the Priory and I was... It was in Poland, you know, I'd been called up. That was another good story. I was sitting in a, it was a Sunday afternoon. I'm sitting with me and my mate and, and my boy were sitting in my house in East Coast Riding. Craig Brown phoned me. Hi, it's Craig Brown. And I'm like, <laughs> I thought it was a fucking wind up. <laughs> I went, I fuck off and hung up. He's phoned me twice. 
And actually, because the boys all used to do that. We'd phone up and kid on your reporters, and now nah, you can get a wee aye. story and all that. And then you'd, you'd start talking shit, and so then they'd all start laughing. <laughs> so I thought it was a wind up. So it's Craig, but I don't want to fuck off and hung up, and then he phoned back again. And then, as I say, to get to, to play uh, for my country, it was in Poland. And I can remember stoning, it was a national anthem, and people get a bit, oh, fucking national anthem, all that shit. But Did you get to run? I, I was standing next to Christian Daly, who I knew if I was 12, and I was just thinking back to what I'd been through the previous year, you know what I mean? And I can remember kind of filling up a wee bit, you know what I mean? Thinking, fucking hell, you know? So that was a that was a favourite moment, um, the, the party Thistle game, just for the emotion of it and, and getting back into the... The, 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 the Premier League at the time so listen I've got, I've got loads of memories you know it'd be unfair just to pick one you know what mm. I mean I've got loads of good ones what was it like going for playing for Cali for all the years the, the service that you gave them and then you're a bad bastard you go to your United listen I, I remember when I signed there was people saying oh we don't want him here I scored oh, I, think, I, I, I think I scored about 12 minutes into my debut and that fucking soon put that to bed <laughs> then, you know um, so listen she's like when I played for I always get 100%, you know what I mean? Fans knew that, you know, they knew they were against me. Sometimes I took it a wee bit too far, but I always, always get my all, you know what I mean? So, uh, fans were, uh, fans at the, the clubs I played for, they were always magnificent with me. Dundee United fans, I was up there a couple of weeks ago doing a QA, and and I couldn't believe it. There was like 100 people there, you That's know? brilliant, man. I hadn't pl- I've not played for a club for 15, 20 years, you know? I'm, I'm in the Hall of Fame up there, you know? That's another thing that's, that I never mentioned there, it's one of the highlights of my career. You know, I, I get inducted into the United's Hall of Fame about three years ago. You know, but I'm up with guys like David Harry and That's Paul Sturrock. Goff, you know, and, Aye, Richard aye. Goff, all these guys, you know, guys that can... See Dykes, sir? No, I don't think Big Sheep's on it, you know, but <laughs> I'll be up there forever. No, you know what I mean? So it's I'll always be part of that club because I, I played when... They'd lost seven cup finals before before I played, you know. No, but I'm not saying it was down to me, but they'd lost seven Scottish Cup finals and then the one I played in, we won. Um, so I'll always be one of the first Dundee United players ever to he won the Scottish Cup as well. Uh, brilliant. You I mean, you, you work for so many managers, but they're total characters. You work for Tommy McLean, Jim McLean, yep. you've got Jim Jeffries, yep. Tommy Burns, yep. doing it Redding. Yep. Uh, Bobby Williamson yep. who was the best in terms of you know man management and, 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 and understanding your problems and yeah. and realising how to deal how to deal with you um, Bobby was was good um, wee Tommy I played really well under wee Tommy um, around about that time I was still going through my stuff but I was fucking flying at that point he was a winger and he knew how to, listen he just let me go and play you know what I mean and when mm. I when I had a clear head and went out of the apart, you know, I always thought I could do something. I always thought, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll create something. My job was to create. You know, I always seen myself, I didn't see myself as a goal scorer or whatever. I always seen myself as setting up chances for others. I get me it sounds bizarre, but I get me out, I can maybe beating two or three men and, and, and crossing it in for somebody else to, right. to, to, to score, you know. Um, no, I can tell that, but I like say, even, I mean, I, you invited me along to one of your youth clubs one yeah. day, and I must have been about 300 wins yeah. there. Yeah. 300 wins. That's what I did. You definitely do your, your bit man for the community and, and stuff like that in Glasgow. It's just, it's obviously built in you to, to help Aye, folk well, and all listen, that. Cool as, fuck. as I say, I, when, I had, when, when, I, when I was with that mother charity, um, we started that from scratch, you know, and, we were running summer camps and getting two, three hundred kids at it. And listen, I was one of the wins. That's what I always think. You know, I was, and the way football is now, cost is, is so prohibitive. You know, I wouldn't have been able to afford to play football now. 
I'm going to be honest. It's shocking. Kids that, are that. 30, 40 quid a month. Um, I was, I grew up in Castle. It was me and my two brothers, and they danger my mother. I mm-hmm. 30, 40 quid a month for us. 30, 40 quid a month each. each. You know, my, my two brothers, my brother. One of my brothers played with Queen of the South, my other one. And the buffs. Uh, and the buffs as well. He's a legend down there. And <laughs> right, after. Right. You know what I mean? So um, we would we would have been lost to the game um, if it had been the way it is now because we wouldn't have been able to afford it. Thank you for sharing like personal stories, yeah, yeah. deep from the heart stories. The football stories were fun too, the dust-ups and all that. Yeah. Uh, it's a really good having you in. Thank you very much for coming I, Do you in. know day, like, the circuit in terms of after dinner? Because these stories are... Yeah. It's a different we take, you know what I mean? No, different. You know. Aye, that's something, Grado. Thanks for that. That's something that, that I'm getting into, you know. I mean, it's... I've got I've got um, a couple of guys doing a wee script for me now so that I'm ready to go. I've done three or four and it's something that I'm really keen to, to, to get into. Um, obviously, I've got... I've got a lot more stories. Some that, <laughs> some, some that I can't, I can't tell. But, video cameras. But, but I'm keeping them. I'm keeping them for after dinner circuit. So uh, if there's anybody out there, guys, looking for a an old guy with grey hair with a couple of football stories, please get in touch. Well, how do you uh, get in touch you on your Well, Twitter you get me on Twitter. You get me on Twitter, um, and, and, and all the details are there. So if there's anybody out there looking to to get somebody um, for, for their after dinner, uh, please get in touch, thanks. Tidy. Order, no filming, no <laughs> filming. <laughs> ah. There'll be no filming, of course. Yeah. Thanks for Cheers coming in, Andy. No, no problem. Cheers, guys, Thank thanks. It's come to the end of the Football Daft podcast. Did you enjoy yourself? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. At least you didn't uh, cut in as much as you. See... He's bad at cutting in. I remember hearing him on the radio. And I mean, someone phoned said, Oh, Ewan, I'm in Glasgow. He went, oh, where are you? Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Ewan charm, isn't it? Do you think he'll listen, by the way? Do you think he'll I listen because he's will. not on it? I don't think no. he will, no. No, I don't think he will. Because he'll be shiting himself in case it was fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> if when you leave a review this week, say Aye. it was better, this was the best. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you thought it was terrible. And can't wait for you to come back. Just write that for a laugh because he'll read the reviews. Oh, he'll love that. He would love. He would retweet that and tag you in it and go, yeah, get around you. But we've got some reviews. It says uh, this one. This review's entitled "Grado's Buzz." Quality wee podcast. Ewan's clearly a bit of a tadger. Grado's part is decent. Together they work very well together. I'm regularly looked at by fellow drivers thinking I'm a weirdo because I'm pushing myself listening to it. So please, if you've listened to the podcast, give a wee rate review. And uh, we'll maybe read it out on air. Yeah, I'd love, like, um, foreign, you know, just, oh, I've got to browse the uh, podcast uh, thing and reading a review like that, going, I have no idea what this Grado's person has boys. written. Grado's boys <laughs> pissing my what? <laughs> have you enjoyed yourself, Bob? Yeah, man. I think Andy McLaren's chat was really good. and um, That was brilliant, wasn't it? And yeah. honestly, I can, I, I'm going to give you the, the book to, to <laughs> read. Because, I mean... As I say, I'm not a reader. I get very... I think I've got ADHD. I've, I'm 90, I passed a test. 95% chance that I've it. So, <laughs> well done. High uh, score. It's A+. Plus. I get well 95% done. on it, so that's, <laughs> that's good. good. Uh, no, that I'm taking the piss out of stuff. No, like no, that. no. I did, I did, I, that's, that's, that's the deal. So 95% in any test is good, Grado. Do you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, it's hard for me to read books. And I managed to read it. Um, in two, hour, two hours. Because I googled how long would it take to read 200 pages and it said two hours. <laughs> is your train take two hours or did you get like a longer no, I read, train to... I, I read an hour in a house and then what I done was I jumped in the motor to the train station uh, and then read it uh, on the train and then like somebody the train inspector was like uh, I used to work with a lassie that kenned you and I'm going how? Oh! I'm reading Adam McLaren's book <laughs> I'm interviewing him he's a breather mate alright <laughs> Return for Stevenson son day one 
much a return from Stevenson these days? Eight pound. I like that you've kept your feet on the ground and have not moved up to West End. No, because you know what? I get excited when I get into Glasgow. And I, I never want that taken away. Do you know what I mean? Because I quite like coming into Glasgow and I see it and I go, oh, I'm in From Glasgow. Stevenson? Aye. Wow. It's like a wee day out for me. Good well, we've had. It's been a lovely day out. I hope you have aye, a day out next aye, week, Grado. A wee aye. day out in the train. Thanks for listening. Leave a nice review. Aye. Thanks very much. Uh, oh, Paul. <laughs> you've been football. You've been daft. It's yourself. Remember that. Thanks, guys. This is for Network.